Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwill. Thanks so much for joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We're in 1 Samuel, chapter 17, and it was verses 38 through 40 that I pulled out this morning. It says, Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on David and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on Saul's sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, David said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in hand, approached the Philistine. Today's podcast is entitled, Challenge the Assumptions. I recently listened to Malcolm Gladwell's book, David and Goliath. It's a fascinating conversation about the assumptions we often make in life about, for example, the best choice for college or how to reduce crime in crime-ridden neighborhoods or how to improve educational outcomes. In short, Gladwell's book reveals that our basic assumptions are often completely wrong. And he begins his treatise with one of the most famous stories in all of human history. Today's chapter is that story, the one that most of us learned as children. The story of a shepherd boy named David who defeats a giant warrior named Goliath. To this day, we use the term David and Goliath metaphorically to describe an improbable victory that defies the odds. A careful evaluation of the circumstances, however, reveals that David was a sure bet, and that is Gladwell's point. Despite it being a popular children's story, the actual account in today's chapter drips with historical accuracy. In ancient times, warring tribes sometimes did decide battles by champion. Each would put forward their best warrior champion to duel one-on-one, winner takes all. This was not uncommon. The Philistines were a seafaring people who had emigrated into the region and brought with them the knowledge of how to smith iron into tools and weapons. This gave them a huge technological advantage over Saul and the Hebrew army. There were good reasons that the Hebrews were, yeah, they're reticent to fight the Philistines. What everyone assumed, however, was that a Hebrew champion would emerge in his armor and battle Goliath in hand-to-hand combat. It was a safe assumption that Goliath had the advantage. He was tall with tremendous arm length. He was well-clad and equipped with armor and weapons made using cutting-edge technology. No one on the Hebrew side of the battle lines could even come close to being an even match. What the shepherd boy David knew was that everyone's assumptions on the battlefield were wrong. His entire young life, David had honed the skill of using a simple sling. Now, slings were easy to make and were dangerous weapons. When David said he'd killed bears and lions, he wasn't exaggerating. That's why shepherds used slings, because they could scare, incapacitate, or kill a deadly animal at a safe distance. History records that some ancient armies had entire companies of warriors using slings. When skillfully wielded, 
A sling is both accurate and deadly. Americans can typically imagine how deadly a 95-mile-an-hour fastball could be, like when Randy Johnson happened to hit a poor bird that flew in the path of his pitch. If you haven't seen it, go to today's post at TomVanderwell.com, and I've got a gif of it. Imagine a stone being hurled at 150 miles an hour with even greater precision than a Randy Johnson fastball. Yeah. When Saul tries to clothe young David with his own armor, the king assumes that he's helping David, but David knew the opposite. A bunch of heavy armor would only slow him down, just like Goliath. See, when David looked at Goliath standing out there in the Valley of Elah, he saw a huge target whose mobility would be diminished by his heavy armor and weapons. With mobility and speed, David could stand at a safe distance and plant a three-inch stone square in the giant's forehead. Goliath will never see it coming. From the quiet this morning, I can't help but think of this familiar story in the context of Gladwell's book. How often do I make false assumptions because they're common assumptions. How often do I do the same things over and over despite the fact that they don't (laughs) yield great results? Along my life journey, I've continually challenged some of the long-held assumptions of the institutional church. Ministry is not solely a professional vocation, but the calling of every individual who's a follower of Jesus. Spiritual gifts are given to all believers, no matter one's age, gender, education, social standing, human weaknesses, or past failures. The church was never meant to be a bricks-and-mortar building, but a flesh-and-blood spiritual organism. Long ago, the institutional churches suppressed these spiritual realities in order to consolidate their earthly power and influence. Generations of institutional church members assumed that their leaders were right, but they weren't. In my lifetime, I've witnessed church institutions implode as the institutional Christianity of these organizations has been summarily dismissed by the world as impotent and out of touch. David reminds me that sometimes you have to challenge the widely held assumptions. I hope you have a great day, my friend. I'll see you back here tomorrow.